Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Is this better for you, National Signing Day, being like this or like it was before? What do you prefer? Oh, I, I wish it was like it was before. Really? Because then I could have a six weeks of lead up to have content as well as release all the content and have it be one big un- unveiling. This year, the early signing period was a nightmare because Montana State played until three days before the early signing period. So you're doing in-season stories, features, and content, news production until three days before, and so it's very hard to get all caught up. If if it would have been the same situation as it was in years past, look at this guy, delivery service on the TV, David Graff coming through. Also on the radio, Coulter needed his charger. Yeah. Good preparation. Good work, D. Graff. David, the producer, getting it done at both ends of the floor today. If it would have been, say that Montana State would have made it to the FCS semifinals before the early signing period. Yes. Then I would have had six to seven weeks to get everything all together, and we would have had a huge rollout and all sorts of content. And so, well, for I, what it's worth, I know I don't run a website. I don't know I don't do news stuff on this stuff. This is so much better to me because why? Why, I'll tell you why. Because I trafficking in hope and the future expectations of what a 16 or 17 year old kid is going to be is just i, I don't know i i understand it is you know it's obviously it's the lifeblood of the sport at the college level and 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 i i don't find it to be taking advantage of or whatever i mean these kids are excited to do this and i'm happy for them but also just the the on and on and on and on about every kid's you know potentials and things that you know whatever i mean show me the list of guys give me their heights weights positions where they're from and a couple interesting stories i'm good 
I'm good. And as Bobby Houck said today, and is absolutely, we're not going to know about this class for two, three years, at, at least. And so, you know, catch me in 2023, and we'll talk about what happened today. I do like the, and that's why I like the early signing period because you get a lot of this stuff done. Because to me, it's not about the buildup; it's about the after. It's like, okay, what is there? What? What do you, what is it? Hay in the barn? How much hay is in the barn, Coulter? Isn't that what they're all saying? Right. Anyway, we'll get into this uh, in the next hour and uh, and spend some time with it. Uh, and 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 because it is it, it's not that it's not interesting. It's it is interesting and it's important from a college football standpoint. Yeah. It's just the, the the circus, right? It's it's sort of like the draft for me. You know, it it, it is the draft. It's the college draft. Well, sort of. We'll get into it a little bit more in the ESPN Roundtable, but one point worth making off the top here is that I'm not sure in terms of the intent of editing the early day, I'm not sure the positives and negatives across the country. I will say it has given the two Montana schools huge a distinct advantage yeah. in, a, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And I think that one thing that maybe gets glossed over is that the FBS level, you can't sign more than 25 guys in a class. That's the maximum number you can sign. If you have the recruiting resources, like the Montana schools and, and when do. You, when you say in a class, what you're talking about are guys who are coming in at the same grade from a from a school standpoint. Right. You, you can sign if you have transfers, drop downs, whatever. That, that doesn't count as your number in the class. Well, but there's also no such thing as partial scholarships at the FBS level. So you you can only add 25 new scholarship players to your program no matter what, okay. transfers or preps. Okay. And 20, the 25 athletic scholarships. 25 athletic scholarships. Right. Yeah. You could add walk-ons as academic scholarships regardless. Yeah. In the FCS you can uh, you can sign as many guys as you want. What this has afforded, especially a coach like Jeff Choate, who's absolutely, I mean, he's a machine when it comes to recruiting. They can recruit and out-recruit their roster every single year. I think on one hand, that's a good thing. On one hand, it's a bad thing. We'll get into it in the ESPN roundtable. All right, we'll take a look at it Uh, right now, though. Let's get into some hoops. The Montana Grizzlies are playing Eastern Washington tomorrow. This game in Missoula. The game in Cheney. Not close. In fact, the biggest blowout of the year. It might be the biggest blowout of the year in the entire conference to this point. It is. It's the largest margin of victory in the Big Sky Conference this season. 27 points, 90-63 to 63 the final. And Montana, Sim to Stern. This is a game, Colter, going into it, we were had, had huge anticipation for. I mean, Eastern Washington at that time was like a top 10 scoring offense in the nation. Uh, and running up and down the floor and all that. Okay, I know. Yeah, but... It's true. Point being, they got absolutely hammered by the Grizzlies. And I think it turned out to be a statement game for Montana in a lot of ways. And 90-63, the final of that thing. And that is uh, maybe something that really spurred Montana on as they strung together several wins after that. Then, of course, they lost back-to-back games here recently. I'll tell you what it certainly did was spur on Eastern Washington, who has not lost since that game in Cheney three or almost four weeks ago now and they have been on a roll and are now coming into Missoula so it's an interesting scenario let me ask you this if there is a team that is benefited by the last game who is it or is there is there just no benefit whatever start them start it again tip it again I think Eastern Washington's benefited by the last game in this game in this game because they're going to have something to prove I mean they got they looked like during the headlights where Montana looked like 
the second coming of the two-time defending Big right. Sky champions. I mean, Eastern Washington, from that point, won at Idaho, at Montana State, won at home versus Southern Utah, beat Northern Colorado, who the Grizzlies lost to. In overtime, right? Uh, 80, nope, 89-84 in regulation. They've had a couple overtime games, though, right? No. Eastern? Mm-mm. All regulation that I'm seeing. Sacramento State, they won by five, and then they beat Northern Arizona handily, 11 points in their last time out. Four of six games, by the way, on the road that they've won in this six-game winning streak. No, Northern Colorado and Southern Utah are both in overtime. You're just looking at the wrong thing. Got to go to the HTML stats. I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> usually it's in... Usually I don't it's use in, the correct stats. Usually I it's use in parentheses, the, you know? Well, right. All right, you're right. It is in overtime. Regardless, um, I think it was certainly a wake-up call. I think that that's going to be the key in this year's Big Sky Conference. Teams are going to lose. How do you respond to that loss? Montana responded in resounding fashion to their Northern Colorado loss. By posting that win and then winning three more in a row after that to get to a four-game winning streak, Montana also responded very well to their loss at Portland State with a great win over Montana State last weekend in the Kakariz game. But Eastern Washington responded very well to this loss to Montana and has won six in a row Clearly, since then. Yeah, and listen, the the uh, when it's when it's an outlier like that, you kind of do I think got to put that game to bed. Both teams. I mean, we talked to, with Travis Takir earlier this afternoon. We'll hear a little bit from that here in just a moment. But he said, you know, I mean, there's 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 nothing there's nothing that you take out of that game in terms of expectations, and there's nothing that you uh, you know imagine that that game is going to to have as in terms of import into this one, other than what you get every time you play a team the second time, which is you've seen the other team and you can see what they did and and how things worked or didn't work and, you know, start playing the chess game with a more direct sort of knowledge of what the other team is about. Uh, I think that Eastern Washington is is uh, obviously going to be excited to play this game, but I think Montana is as well. And I thought, you know, one question that was asked of Coach DeCure today was, do you think that your team needs to are you worried about their level of emotion going into this game after having had, you know, a big win in the rivalry game in their last game out? And uh, and Coach Secure just flatly said, no, absolutely not, because of who we're playing. I mean, they are playing at this at this point in time, the number one team in the Big Sky Conference, and this is a battle for first place in the Big Sky Conference at this point in time. So he thinks his guys will be ready to go. I certainly think that uh, both these teams will be, and I'm excited about this game. I mean, I'm looking forward to being in Dahlberg Arena tomorrow because I think this is going to be a, a a really fun game to watch. McCat Cruz is obviously huge just in terms of the hype perspective, the history of it, all the stuff that we can do, especially as a statewide show. We can, we play both sides. We cover both sides. When they play each other, it just makes it twice as big. But, I mean, let's be frank here. Montana State's not Montana's rival in basketball right now. They're not. They well, they're ha- not the team that they have to quote go through in order to get where they want to go, or really even get up for, because they just have so much. They're just so much beyond Montana State as a program right now. They just are. And um, Eastern Washington is, and so I think that in terms of we talk about the players, what they think of it, I don't think there's any emotional letdown for beating the Cats. That's just status quo. I think that all the emotional letdown would be on Saturday after this game. Mm-hmm. This is the rivalry yeah. in the league right now. Uh, as far as the wars in the league that guys on Montana have gone through in the last couple of years, they're with the Eastern Washington players. Yes, uh, that is true. It's true. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. 
And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Coach Akir was asked today if he felt the first in the first game again, winning by 27 points, if... Eastern Washington was maybe a little tight going in, knowing that Montana had gotten the better of them in a couple straight, you know, conference championship games, and that this these two teams are in in a battle to be the best team. If they felt they they were a little tight in that game, is what he said. No, I think we caught them off guard. Um, I, I think they were mentally prepared for that game. They were they were emotionally attached, excited to play. I think everyone's going to have a little bit of tightness. I think you should your knees should be bouncing a little bit in the locker room before you touch the floor. But we we came a little more aggressive maybe than they expected, and they, I don't know that they really caught on um, to how to to make the necessary adjustments to play through that until it was a little late. Now, so they they weren't tight but they just weren't ready for what we were able to do from basically an energy and an aggressive, an aggression standpoint. And so, I mean, I think being the league favorites is a distinctly difficult position, especially in a league like the big sky, where you're going to take the best shot of so many different teams. And I think that Eastern Washington, their non-conference schedule, you know, they played at Boston college. They played at Washington. They played at Gonzaga. Those are, those are good games. They also beat Portland Bible by 82. Think of that. They won a game by 82 points. That's not even possible. I mean, that, that, what does that do for you in terms of getting better? It does nothing for you. They scored 146 points against Multnomah. It doesn't do anything for you, mm-hmm. beating a Division II team by 60-plus points. It's, it's, so I think that that was the... Eastern Washington stumbled out the gates. They lost at Idaho State, and Idaho State has proven to be one of the, the bottom-tier teams now at this point. Mm-hmm. And then two games later, they lost in resounding fashion at home to Montana. A lot of times, teams that are pinned as the preseason favorites that aren't necessarily ready to take that best shot, you need the wake-up call. Sometimes the wake-up call never comes, and you just fizzle under the pressure. But other times, it could be the best thing that ever happened to you. And at least at this point, it appears that Getting whipped by Montana is the best thing that ever happened to Eastern Washington as they've gone 6-0 since then. So we'll see the team that shows up in Missoula on Thursday, but I expect Eastern Washington to be ready to go. I'm so interested to see what the Grizzlies' attitude is. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily think there's an emotional letdown from the CAC game per se. I think the number one issue Montana has had during conference play, during non-conference play, Montana's number one issue was lack of continuity. No, No one really knew how to play with each other. They didn't know how to communicate defensively. There was no offensive flow. The roles had not been established. Well, they really turned a corner abruptly and in fine fashion when conference play started. The one thing they've had such a problem with, as Travis DeCure has said multiple times, is 
understanding what brings them success and then prioritizing and replicating that. Mm. Montana's at their best when they're playing incredibly hard, when they're focusing all their mental and physical energy defensively, and then they just let it flow on offense. It, it's when they're trying to score 90 points on offense and they're wasting all their mental and physical energy offensively that everything erodes. This team is completely based off of the energy they can cultivate defensively. If that Grizz team shows up, I expect it to be a great game on Thursday. But we don't know what this Grizz team. That's that. I think that's the part that Travis DeCure is trying to find the answer to. That's the riddle he's trying to find the answer to. Is how do I express to my team that not only they they understand the premise, it's the replication of it that I think is the concern. Yeah. To tell Nuanas one zero two nine ESPN Radio and uh, Coulter, you asked a, a good question. I thought. Coach DeGear's answer here, So you know, we're so used to coaches just not saying anything that sometimes you don't even notice when they actually do say something, and I thought his answer from a basketball standpoint was very insightful, insightful. but your question uh, was just about this. Eastern Washington is one of the most prolific three-point shooting teams in the Big Sky Conference, but they also have one of the best big men in uh, in the Big Sky in Mason Peatling. So just how much harder is it to defend or to come up with a defense for a team that's so good both inside and outside? The low post play opens it up for three-point shooting if that's how you play. If the ball ever comes back out, some posts don't pass. Um, but the balance is, is what makes them very good offensively and the fact that they can do both of those things in transition quickly. Um, and so it puts all pressure on your ability to get back and build your defense uh, in a timely manner and take away all those weapons. See, I mean, there's a couple of things. First of all, he wasn't talking about the Eagles, but he did say, by the way, there's a lot of posts who don't pass. Go ahead, dump it in there. We don't have to guard the three-point line anymore. Mm-hmm. But more than that for this team, what they do in transition to set up both the, the ability to hit an outside shot, to set up on you know somebody from three, or to get it inside to Mason Peeling or whoever, but usually Peeling. On the move is what this team wants to do. They want to go fast. This is one of the highest pace of play teams in America, and and they want to get out and run. And Montana was absolutely able to slow them down, to get back, to build their defense, as Coach DeCure says, to match up and force Eastern Washington into a half-court game. And look, Eastern Washington could play half-court basketball offensively, but they are great at and they are better at when they are in transition and going fast and and uh and so if you are able to stall them out to do the things make shots for one and uh and and get back in a hurry to a place where they're just not able to just run up and down the floor you're in much better con- uh, a situation and we'll see if montana is able to do that tomorrow I mean, basketball 101 would be to say that eastern washington plays at a high pace and prioritizes shooting threes but the 400-level class of what Eastern Washington does, it's all about the secondary fast break. It's not the true the trailer, fast break. Yeah. It's, it's just getting into your offense just a smidgen, a second or two before the defense is set. And I would call Eastern Washington's offensive attack hyper-isolation because what they're trying to do is they're just trying to get the ball up to that guy on the wing to see if Mason Peetling's beating his guy to the block. And if he has, give it to him. It's his turn. If it's not back it out, but then maybe you run ISO with the guy that's on the wing. It's why they've had such prolific scorers like Bogdan um, Bliznik and Tyler Harvey. Those guys, they didn't have to be ball hogs to have such prolific shooting numbers, to, to be able to take 20 to 25 shots in a game without looking like they're just pounding the rock. It's a lot different than like what Jordan Davis did at Northern Colorado the last couple of years, 
where he does have the ball in his hands. He's the point guard. He's bringing it up. You're running the high pick and roll for him. You're, you're giving him three or four different options to get to his shots before he ever even considers passing the ball. That's not how Eastern operates. The reason they're so hard to guard is because for the last, and Travis DeCure said this, I asked him about Shantae Leggins and what Shantae's brought in to Eastern. He said, we'll join us in about 10 minutes. He said that Shantae is great at, at engendering his players with confidence instilling confidence in them. But by and large, what they do schematically, especially on offense is the same as what they've changed, done. And right. that's, it's an extension of first Ray Giacoletti, then Jim Hayford. It's a very European style. That's why they've been, had so much success with both European and Australian guys. But the thing about that makes Eastern Washington so successful is it's not the Bogdan Blizniak or Tyler Harvey's that are going to kill you, or in this case, their leading scorer is Jacob Davidson. It's the fact that they have multiple other guys that can score 30 points in a game. That's where they kill you. That's where the Grizz have gotten to some hot water with Eastern Washington before as well. The Grizz have done a great job defending Jacob Davidson, who's one of the top five scorers in the league this year. He was last year, too, before he got hurt. They've always done a pretty good job against Mason Peatling. We'll see how that goes because they don't have Jamar Co or Fabian Krizlovic to guard Peatling anymore. So that's going to be an interesting matchup Thursday night. But the the guys that have killed the Grizz in the past are the guys like Ty Gibson, who used to be a shooter, uh, who was a senior last year on Eastern Washington, or Jack Perry, who's one of their spot-up shooters yep. now. Yeah, Because that's the thing about Eastern Washington. Even though they've had some of the leading scorers in the conference, everybody's got the green light. It's all about where can you find the ISO? Get the ball up quick, find the ISO, attack. Exactly. And that's the thing is when we talk about transition, I, you know, the obvious thing, the one-on-one version of it, to your point, is in people's minds, oh, okay, you got to steal, now you're ahead of people, right. and now you got a layup. Or, or maybe somebody's just open and they shoot a wide-open three on the first pass across half court. Certainly that is transition. That's would it be the type of transition that any court would, any coach would love to have. But also if you are always in a hustle to get the ball up and you know where you're going and you know where you're going to set up offensively, a defense that is even with you, even with you getting back can still not be quote unquote set. And all of a sudden you're two, three passes away from having the ball ahead of the man in rotation. And you can still get a shot up. That's a great shot. Five, seven seconds into a shot clock. That's still predicated on how quickly you move the ball up the floor. Even out of, uh, even off a of make, even out of, out of bounds on, on the, on the baseline. And that's why being so disciplined, about who you're guarding, where they're at, even when you're on offense, it's critical against this team. And that's why Eastern Washington, their pipeline of Australian big men in particular, has been so such a boost for their team. They've yeah. had such from from Vake Joyce to Mason Peatling and, and Jesse Hunt, who was an outstanding player a yes, year ago was. too. Those guys, a lot, a lot of times, the common fan doesn't see the way a team rebounds. It's not just all five guys chase the ball. There's very detailed schemes to the way a team rebounds. But the way Eastern Washington operates, if the if the post player, the guy who's on the block defensively, isn't in position to get the rebound, he has no rebounding responsibility. He releases and sprints. And they've had such high-energy guys that can get to the block. And like like our old high school coaches used to tell us, you sit and split, right? You split the split the guy and then sit and get and post up right away. That's why Peatling is leading the league in field goal percentage because he'll beat you to the block and get the touch and get a layup over and over and over again. And having a guy that can get you an automatic two points like that, it sounds silly, but is really rare in the Big Sky Conference. And it's it's one of the advantages that Eastern has long had. So that's why I think that this game Thursday, Eastern is going to bring the energy. They're going to play how they play. It just comes down to Montana's 
engagement defensively. Montana's yeah. just going to have to make sure they sprint back on defense and don't let the hyper-isolation take place. Um, it, and it's worth noting, too, Mason Peely, Jesse Hunt in the same uh, uh, vein, too. Their big men aren't, quote-unquote, just big men. I mean, they're guys who get up and down the floor who are agile and athletic and can do multiple things, to your point. And they're usually actually really not that big. I mean, Van yeah. George is about 6'6", six, six, Mason Peely's about 6'7". I mean, he's, yeah, 6'8", 220, but he, he's strong, but he's, he's strong. He's but these guys, slender guy. these guys are lean, yeah. athletic, yes. sprinting. Right. They're rim-to-rim guys. They're not, you know, plodding sit-down centers get like right. some of the guys that Montana has had in recent years. 7 o'clock tomorrow, Dahlberg Arena. Uh, tip there, Eastern Washington and uh, Montana going to be a good one. Montana State, by the way, hosting Idaho tomorrow evening uh, in, uh, in the brick. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. We go now to the Regis Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in one of our favorites here on this show, the head coach of the Eastern Washington Eagles, Eagles, Shante Leggins, joining us. Coach Leggins, thanks once again for being with us. We appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, Always a pleasure. We're certainly happy to have you back. We appreciate you making the time. We're looking forward to the game tomorrow. Obviously, the first matchup in, in Cheney did not go the way that you wanted it to, but you and your team have used that, uh, it seems like, to parlay into a, a, an unbelievable streak. Here, six straight wins, four of them on the road, coming into Missoula tomorrow. What what did that loss and then the subsequent run that you've been on, what has that been like for you? Oh, well, the loss was uh, it was eye-opening for our team. You know, Montana and Travis does a good job, and they came out, and they were really aggressive. And, you know, they punched us in the mouth, and we just laid down, and they played a really good game. And, and it really uh, it really had to sit down and have to look at things. And, you know, those types of, those types of losses, not just any, you know, I think the Idaho State loss was hard too, but when you lose a game like that at home in front of your home crowd, you get kind of embarrassed. And... You know, it was it was it was one of those things where you're playing against the champion. We got really we were really amped up for the game, and we just didn't come out and play that style. And I'm just telling you, Montana's really good, and they came out and did a great job. And Travis had his team ready to go, and you know, we just got our butt kicked, and that's all you can say. And I'm just glad the game's not worth more than however many points you lose. I'm just glad it's not worth more than one loss. So that was good. That was the only that was the only good silver lining from that game. Shante Coulter, New Orleans. Thanks so much for joining us. What's changed about your team since that loss? Well, we didn't really change much. Um, you know, I, I, I was I was holding them a little bit too tight. Joystick in the game. Um, that game I called a lot of plays. I should just let my guys play, be creative on the offensive end. And then, you know, we didn't rebound like we were supposed to, and, and that's what happens. And so, you know, just letting your guys play. Just letting them be creative, letting them have fun out there on the court, and letting them play the freedom that, that really, you know, got, got us to that, you know, the, the preseason record and a couple of the – couple of the games early in the season guys are just playing and so 
that game, I, I did a, I did a bad job getting my guys prepared, and I did a bad job of, of trying to get those guys, you know, just free-flowing and just getting out there and playing. And, and, you know, when you lose like that as a coach, you have to go back and look at what you could have done better, and I could have done a whole bunch of stuff better. And, uh, you know, those young men are ready to play. I just didn't have them prepared. We were talking about Eastern's offensive identity before you joined us on the show, and you guys have been, even since you were assistant under Jim Hayford and now as the head coach as well, you guys have been one of the most prolific and one of the most entertaining teams in the league to watch, particularly on offense because of all the creativity like you're talking about you guys do, the isolation stuff. Just broadly, I mean, how would you define the identity of what Eastern Washington does on offense, and how much does that cater into just what you want your program to be about? Well, I want them to just, uh, I want on the offensive end for them to, to, to play and just to have fun, be creative. You know, you, you go and you watch kids and you recruit the young men for, for how they, how they've been, you know, how they played on offense. And obviously every now and then, you know, you go and watch them play and you just want to, you just want to get them into an environment they're comfortable. And, you know, the defensive end is always going to be uncomfortable and you're always going to have to challenge them there. But offensively, you should let, you know, I, I want my guys to play, you know, I want them to be able to make mistakes. I want them to try things. And it's a fun game. It's, you know, it's entertainment, but at the same time, you're trying to win some ball games. And so, you know, we like to get up and down, you know, play. You know, we, we, we feel like we can play any style. We just, you know, we just got on the road and won 59-56 against Sac State, which was a grinder. Uh, you guys you guys, you guys, guys beat them 50-52. to 52. So, you know, if you can win in different different ways, but you just got to keep letting your guys play and be creative. I mean, that's, that's the, I think that's the big, the big identity for our team is just letting those guys get out there and play a little bit, and, you know, trying to get tougher and trying to get mentally tough and understand reads and just know how to play the game. Shante Leggins joining us. He's the head coach of Eastern Washington. The Eagles coming in as the number one team in the Big Sky Conference tomorrow to Missoula to take on the Grizzlies. And Shante, one thing along those lines, but you have seemed to, to, to put together here now in your third year and even last year as well, one of the most diverse teams from a basketball style standpoint. I mean, you got so many different guys that do so many different things. Is it is it I don't know if it's hard to say that you find an identity. We know how you like to play in fast and shooting threes and that kind of mm-hmm. thing, but you can do so many different things like you said. Is it is it hard sometimes to decide what's the way to go about it tonight? Well, yeah, it, it sometimes is because, you know, um, it's just always hard going to each game that teams are going to try to take things away from you. And they're going to try to make you play different styles of basketball. And, and our assistant coaches do such a good job of getting the guys prepared and getting them understanding what's going to happen and how that team's going to play us. And so you, you, you go into every game and you're trying to find things that's going to really make it easy, easy on you guys and you try to help them and, and, and put them in a position that they'll be successful. But at the end of the day, you know, like I tell the guys every day, I can't tell you how, you know, Montana's going to guard you tonight. You know, I, they could switch it up. They could do something. So you got to be prepared and we have to do a good job you know, you know, through the preseason, through through practice, through film of showing them and giving them, you know, different options of what what can happen on the floor on the fly. Because at the end of the day, they're out there playing, you know, and they got to be prepared. They got to understand, hey, Montana may trap this, may you know, they may they may go under your ball screen, they may go over your ball screen. I can't tell you exactly how it's going to happen in that particular place. You got to figure that out and be able to play. And so, when you got guys that could dribble, pass, and shoot in pretty much almost every position. It makes it pretty easy to coach, and you know you have four or five guys that can shoot on the floor. Really spreads the floor out, and then it gives it gives you opportunity for your guys to create towards the basket. Which I think we have some pretty good guys going to the basket and finishing. And so, you know, um, we just got to be, you know, the, the guys just got to be prepared and understand that anything can happen throughout a game. And I can't tell them how they're going to score every single game or every single possession. They just got to go out there, like I said, and. Like we always we put create with creativity on the board because they got to go out there and figure out sometimes how they're going to play, 
and how the other team's going to let them go. And a lot of the times, if you, if you ever hear our huddles, I'm asking the guys what's going to work for them. You know, what do you guys see out there? And a lot of the times they have better ideas than, than, than I could come up with. So, you know, it's a player's game and you got to let them play sometimes. That philosophy as a coach, letting your guys figure things out, letting them be creative, it seems like it's yeah. it seems like it's becoming less and less common in, in Division One college basketball. But it seems as if that's really what you want it to be about. I mean, where does the courage to let your guys have that freedom come from? Because when I was a player, I played. And, you, know, <laughs> I player, you know, I played with a couple. I played with a lot of coaches, and my favorite coaches usually were the ones that would, you know, get on you really hard about the defensive end, but let you go down and play on the offensive end. And you know, I always I always talk about. You know, if you if you if you saw if you saw a dog on a leash or if you saw a dog without a leash, which one would you be a little bit more afraid of? And you know, it's always that dog. You, you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes, you know, if you're walking down the street, you know, I always I always tell the guys it's it's hard it's, to be unpredictable. It's pretty hard to guard if you're unpredictable. If you do the same thing over and over and over again, and you you know the other team knows it's coming. You know, then then you then you get really bogged down, and then you could go through some droughts and things like that. I just want the guys to to be out there and be creative and just, you know, play, have fun, make mistakes. And, you know, when it gets down to crunch time, they got to figure out sometimes because, you know, you never know. You may call a timeout. And, you know, we played our last game against, you know, we were playing against Northern Colorado at home and we didn't have any timeouts for the last four minutes because my guys called two timeouts on the ground. And so you lose those timeouts, but, you know, they figured it out and they, they got us to overtime and we beat them. And so, you know, sometimes it, it comes up, and sometimes you look you look sometimes foolish because one of you guys will throw the ball off the backboard for a lob or do something crazy, and it's like, well, you, you didn't have you guys, you know, and so you just gotta you gotta take the good and the bad, and you just gotta hope that they understand exactly what you want from them. And if I, I feel, you know, if you let them know and understand, hey, this is this isn't a good play, that's not a good play, and towards as you start getting towards March, they start figuring out, you know, this is what this is what you know good basketball looks like without really having to do too many different things offensively, just be creative and, and understand what, you know, what's coming and, and how you got to make plays. You know, coach, at the end of the day, this is all about, you know, three or four days in Boise, Idaho, and then the second <laughs> exactly. week of March. And so exactly. tomorrow, you know, regardless of outcome, you would expect that both the Eastern Washington Eagles and Montana Grizz are probably going to have a bye when that rolls around, which is really kind of the goal of the regular season at this point. So how much, what what is actually in the balance in this game? Like, what do you want to see tomorrow when it when, when in the long view, really, it's, it's all about getting to, to Idaho? I want to see them play. You know, I want to see them have a creative. I want to see them play the game and be tough. You know, they came to our place and they kicked our butts pretty good. So, you know, I want our guys to respond. I want to respond with, you know, playing hard, playing physical, playing smart basketball, um, understanding what we're looking for offensively, understanding what we're looking for defensively, and just have a great game. It's going to be a good environment. We're playing for first place. You know, winner of this has possession of first place. I still think Montana's in first place because the way they beat us. And so, you know, I don't even look at it like that. And so it's just going to be a fun game. It's a fun Big Sky game. It's probably one of the better Big Sky games that will be going on Thursday. So a lot of eyes will be on it. So I just want a good performance from our team, good performance from Montana. So the league looks good. And we keep going on and keep playing good basketball. You know, this this won't define the season at all. But it's a fun game. It's a good barometer for us playing against the league champions and, and the first-place team in my eyes. And so if we can come on the road and play a good game and, and play as hard as we can and stick with them, and then it's going to be, going to be a good outcome. And we'll be excited about that, but you're just trying to get better for March. And, you know, this is a position in the last two years that we haven't been in. Uh, you know, we've been in second and third, but we haven't been in a position to play for first. 
we've always been coming on late in the season. This is the first time in my two years where we've been right in the thick of things, right in the middle of the season, 10 games in. So that's a, that's an accomplishment in itself for the first half of the season. And so you just want to keep building on that and keep getting your team better and trying to stay healthy and, you know, keep, keeping the guys with confidence. And you can lose by 30 points, you lose confidence quick. And that's what Montana did to us at our place. So we just want a good, we want a good showing. We want to come out and play good basketball. Last question for you, coach. These two teams now, as of Thursday, will have played eight times in the last two years. That's the most of any two, I guess, in the last three seasons, excuse me, most of any two teams in the Big Sky Conference because you guys have played three times mm-hmm. each of the last two years, and now this will be your second matchup already this season. What, what's the yeah. feeling just in terms of the sort of rivalry that is between Eastern Washington and Montana for you and your players when you're coming to, to Missoula to play a game? It's great because, you know, you, you want to play these games. But, you know, a rivalry a rivalry is going to be a game where, you know, we, we get to the tournament. So it's not a rivalry yet. we got to get there and beat them when it counts. Those two losses we played against them really sting and hurt. But as you keep moving forward in the season, you, you, you keep trying to get better. And so it's, good. it's a great game. And, you know, playing against Montana, the best team in the league, playing with the, you know, the coach of the year, you know, should have been the last couple of years. I mean, everything that Montana's got is, is a big-time big time program. And so – you know, best program in our league, and so when you when you're able to go on the road and get a chance to play against the best, you want to have your best foot forward, and so it's it's been great playing against them. You know, it's a great rivalry, and it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. I hope we get to see them again after that. That means maybe we're both in the finals again, get a, you know a trilogy going. But it's, it's just it's just a lot of fun when you're able to play against the best teams and be able to try to perform and see where you're at um, in the middle of the season playing against the best team in the league. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time, certainly, and we're looking forward uh, to, to this game along with you tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll look forward to seeing you there and, and, and watching this one tomorrow night, all right? Yeah, I'd be in trouble if I didn't say go week, so go week. Okay. <laughs> you, it's Thanks your show, Coach. Me. You can do whatever you want in here. This is man. all good. So, yeah, we, we appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And you guys got a great ball club and great uh, athletic department. It's fun to play here. Well, good. Yeah, well, it's, we'll, we'll look forward to the game for sure. It'll be uh, always fun. Shante Leggins, head coach, the Eastern Washington Eagles, joining us. We appreciate him uh, being here. And, I, I mean, that that is something, too. I mean, people talk about, you know, playing Montana, and especially when Montana has, you know, won the last two conference t- championships and all that kind of thing. But playing in Missoula, I mean, Eastern Washington has a, has a nice home court atmosphere. There's a lot of teams that don't right. have a nice home court atmosphere. And it's not about numbers either. Sometimes it's just about venue. I mean, Eastern Washington only averages about 1,800 fans a game, but yep. the venue only holds about 3,000. Right. It's loud. Or not even 3,000. And they got a great band. They got a great student section. And not only a great student section, an educated student section. Those guys come ready with chants. They pass out sheets in the crowd for, you know, who does what. It's pretty funny. Now, let me tell you something. Now, I, I don't think the band of Eastern is coming to Missoula tomorrow. No. Uh, but they do, they, when, 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 when Montana would host, uh, you know, they would, the band would come with the teams, you know, for the tournaments and stuff like that. Hands down the best band drummer I have ever seen for any school, Eastern Washington. Now, I'm sure this, this, Young man has graduated and is probably <laughs> he's probably a multi platinum artist and I just don't know you know he's probably playing for Katy Perry or something remarkable anyway bring the band on you know what I'm saying but point is is you're right it's not always about numbers and all that but it's fun for teams I think to come and play in Missoula and in Mo- in Bozeman as well uh, where you know in Southern Utah 
You got a, they have a very nice arena. They and actually are drawing really like well that, this but, year. But, you know, it's it's just not quite the same it's at uh, at other places. So well, I, think I mean, that's this, part this of year, the, actually, the Southern, Southern Utah is averaging 2,380 fans a game this yeah, year, which is, good. that's a, honestly, in terms of percentage of capacity, it's on par with Montana. Yeah. So, Todd Simons did a great job with Southern Utah, but I understand the premise of your yes. point. NAU would be a better example of the cavernous non-attendance. There you go. Yeah, Idaho State, maybe a little bit. Uh, Idaho, well, yeah. Idaho, just in in because of where they're playing. Yeah, the I mean, there's been a couple teams in the league that have actually straight up bit the bullet, and uh, it's really helped. Like Idaho State, for example, they stopped playing it at Holt. They started playing yeah. at Reed. Mm. And so... When you're only drawing 1,500 fans, if you put 1,500 fans in a volleyball gym, it, it looks great. It's a great atmosphere. It's like Sac State. Sac State's gym holds less than 1,000 people. I mean, if you put 10,000 people in a football stadium, it doesn't feel great. Right. And that's the whole issue with NAU yeah. is they're playing in a 12,000-seat dome. And so when they're averaging 800 fans a game, it's you see shots of the court where there's no humans yeah, watching not, not basketball. Not one last great. point before we get out. Yeah. The, the number one thing that, uh, first of all, I thought it was funny that you asked me in the car what I would do offensively as a coach, and I basically said what Shantae Leggins just said. Let him play. Let mm-hmm. it ride. Take the dog off the leash. Let him run. I thought that's great. But I know there are so many Grizz fans. It's f- so funny and also fun sitting courtside at these games, and you guys that we know that we're friends with that are supporters of this show, even cli- ad clients, stuff like that, they'll always be texting you, you know, just what they're thinking about the game. The best credit I could give Shantae Leggins is that he infuriated every person that we know that are big Grizz supporters last time they were in Missoula, and that's why he's so brilliant on the sidelines. He takes all the pressure off of his players. Right. Because he puts on a show. Travis DeCure does, too. But... To do it on the road at a place in like Missoula and get noticed by everybody, uh, he's he's showboating, he's grandstanding. People, that's the point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. He's taking all the pressure yeah. of the home environment off his players, and I think it's great. I Shante is one of my all-time favorites. I sat next to him at the Big Sky Tournament in 2014 when he was still an assistant, got to know him a little bit more on a personal level because we sat there for an entire tournament together. He was scouting, yeah. but... I'm, I'm happy for him that he's got that job, and I think he's doing a really good job. And it should be a, a, an outstanding game in Missoula on Thursday night. I, I think he is too, man. I, I've I I must say when you're around the league, and I think that you you hear people talk and say what they're going to say and stuff like that. I've been surprised at how many people have been sort of put off by his persona at times, and I and I I just do not get it. I mean, I, I just don't. Get it. It, it seems to me if you were a player. Who would you rather have than the guy who was encouraging you 90% of the time and probably when he's not, you really don't deserve to be encouraged. Like you probably deserve to be on the wrong end of that thing. And also, like you said, he's like taking the pressure right out of the balloon for you. So, I mean, that's the lost art of coaching. Everybody thinks coaching is all about X's and O's. What did he say? I called too many plays when we played Montana last time. I got to call less. The, The art of coaching to me is having all your guys be confident enough to play at their sure. top level. And that's why he that's in my opinion why he's such a great coach. Is he some Stu Moral, Mike Montgomery level offensive mind? I have really actually have no idea. But he gets his dudes to play their absolute butts off and play with confidence and believe that they can beat anybody. And that to me is coaching. And by the way, down the stretch, veteran teams who have been there before and have learned, quote unquote, the art of winning, that's the best way to win a game that's closely. But believe. To 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 believe, but you have to have experience having done it to get to that point. Right. If you don't, the only way you're going to win that game is if you're the team that 
has less pressure on you, that right. feels less pressure. And if you are the team whose coach is just on top of you all the time, you tighten up, you shrink from the moment almost invariably. And that doesn't happen for Eastern Washington. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.